0: Hey folks, Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox. I'm so glad you're here and I hope that you are blessed today. Today we're going to talk about stress and anxiety and worry, things that we all deal with, right? I continuously deal with this, especially with multiple children and... All the uh, the stressors of a new house and then what the news wants me to fear today, <laughs> what articles I read and all the different things. And we, we can't avoid this stuff, right? It seems like, it almost seems like, first of all, it's all inevitable. We're humans. We get worried. We get stressed. We have anxiety. But how we deal with that is the difference. That is the biggest difference. That's how, especially as Christ followers, that is the kicker. And again, it's, it's almost impossible to avoid all these things. Like, you know, you turn on the TV and you see something like today there's a wildfire or there's something that there's uh, COVID. There's something else. There's another thing. We might be going to war. We might be seeing this happen and earthquakes. And oh, my gosh, it's, it's all over the place. It's crazy. How can we not be worried? How can we not be stressed? right? But again, these things are going to happen. And then all the personal stuff. Think about your personal stressors, right? All the things down to the nitty gritty detail of your life. And, and these are going to happen. It's inevitable, as I mentioned. But how do we deal with it? How can we, what is the perspective that we must have in order to get past all of this fear or stress, anxiety, and worry? Of course, the answer is Jesus Christ, right? The answer to everything is Jesus Christ. And that is our answer for people that even don't believe in Jesus Christ as being their Lord and Savior, as we do. People are like, what do you mean the answer is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is not going to get me out of this financial situation right now. Well, he might, but right, I know we have to pay bills or something might happen to us or this tornado is coming our way right now. Jesus could stop the storm, but he might not. He might allow that to happen. Okay. Let's start with an analogy. Imagine you're driving on a highway in the middle of the night and a snowstorm rolls in. It begins as flurries and then the snowflakes become bigger and bigger. Now you still have another couple of hours to drive and there's a deadline to get to your destination. Unfortunately, the storm picks up so much and even with the headlights and fog lights and maybe you have other type of lights on your car, you can maybe see 10 feet of road in front of you. Now, keep in mind, you're driving on a highway that isn't very busy, especially in the middle of the night, and there are all types of hazards like deer and moose that could just jump out at any second. It sounds frightening, doesn't it? This is kind of a description of anxiety right here. In those moments where you're driving down this road and the snowflakes decrease your visibility of the road and your surroundings, it can get pretty daunting and your confidence may be shaken, Right? Pretty typical. But as you continue on, if the storm lets up, things become clearer. The panic in you might start to settle. I'm not sure if you know this, but during a cloud-free day with little to no obstacles, the human eye can see up to the Earth's curvature at about 3.1 miles. Or almost 10 times that when standing on a mountain. In the pitch black with little obstacles, the human eye can see a candlelight flicker up to about 30 miles. And again, this doesn't include like relativity, where if you're on a plane or if you're a space shuttle, you can see much further, technically. But standing on a point on Earth, we can see that far. That's pretty impressive for us little human beings with these two tiny eyes, right? But we sometimes like to live in this 10-foot view type of setting. We might be sitting in a lot of panic, worry, anxiety, fear. Or we might even be sitting in joy or happiness and peace. But those feelings can be fleeting. And we're easily swayed one way or another in this back and forth motion of joy, then sadness. And then back to joy. Or hope, then worry. Then fear. Then anxiety. And then back to hope. And etc. It keeps going on and on. Now, why do we keep getting swayed? Back and forth and back and forth between these really unsettling emotions. First, we have to accept Jesus in us, to work in us, to be the source of all things good. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this shouldn't be done in our own power. And putting all this into worldly things will just sway us. This is why. If we put all those things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control into worldly things in some way, we will be swayed because worldly things are not eternal. They're not eternal. These are fruits that bear from us allowing Jesus to work. Second, we have to remember that God has a plan and a will, and it shall be done. It will be done. We, as humans, can roughly see up to 30 miles while on Earth. God, his vision is far greater than ours. And he not only can see infinity miles, but he, he can see into the past, the present, and the future. Everything is planned out. Now, this is called omniscience, which is defined as... Infinite knowledge, the quality or attribute of fully knowing all things. An attribute of God. This is based on the Century Dictionary. Omniscience includes not only sight, but all other factors like sounds, experiences, time, so on and so forth. Everything. Everything combined. We're limited to what our eyes can see. Engage everything on what's around us at any particular time. In the moment that we're in, we sometimes don't have the capacity to, quote-unquote, see the full picture. We see heavy snowflakes in potential danger. God sees us getting to the end point that He has set up for us to participate with Him, even if there are detours. We see a struggle right now. He sees us becoming more patient and or becoming more faithful to Him and trusting in Him, knowing that this struggle today turns into a deeper trust in God, in Him. So should we drive and live carelessly then? No. We still need to focus on the road ahead of us. We still have to allow Jesus to work in us so that those fruits will bear. But we can do so without fear. That's the important part right there. We can do all of this through Christ who strengthens us. This is the Philippians. We can do all of this without fear because God is the one doing it and yeah we can only see this stuff right in front of those heavy snowflakes and potential moose that might jump out in front of us but that's you know what I'm going to continue on this road ahead for God I'm going to continue to focus on God and trust in him let's look into the Bible this is our single source of truth here right okay so let's look into the Bible Feel free to read along with me. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 to 31. Matthew chapter 14, verses 28 to 31. But I'll read it for you either way. And these are available in the description so you can go back to these and meditate on them. But this, the context around this upcoming passage is Jesus just preached to and fed the 5,000. He then took some time to spend with his father in prayer. And the apostles jumped into a boat to sail across the sea to their next destination, the apostles made it pretty farish into the sea that night so far enough that they couldn't really see and far enough from shore and the wind picked up causing some worry so jesus then walks on the water as you may all know this to meet them in the middle of the sea during the storm they can't believe it's him and when jesus reassures that it is him peter says this verse 28 lord if it's you peter replied Tell me to come to you on the water. So gutsy. Verse 29. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Now, I'm sure you've heard this before. The whole Jesus walking on water, Peter also walking on water, and then the wind came and he started sinking and he got saved, right? What can we learn from this? We have to read into every single line of the Bible. Everything in the Bible is put there for a reason. We can't just read the story as itself. We have to understand what we can learn from this there actually is a lot to unpack here but everything leads back to the trust in Jesus Peter promises Jesus he'll get out of the boat pretty much testing his own faith in him and also acknowledging his faith that Jesus would not allow him to drown Jesus knew Peter's heart and knew that he wasn't going to drown he it was not in his plans for Peter to drown but also allowed him to strengthen his faith by taking the risk of walking off of the boat. However, Peter's human, just like us. The apostles are human, believe it or not, just because they walked with Jesus, just because they preach real well, just because they wrote these books, doesn't mean they weren't human. All of that was inspired by the Spirit. So he's a human, and he can only see himself in his current situation. When he kept his eyes on Jesus, he was fine, even though the winds were blowing and he he couldn't normally walk on water. What kind of human can walk on water? But he was able to in that moment. But then he forgot that Jesus had a bigger picture of everything and had plans for him. Peter forgot that fear and worry just held him back from seeking Jesus 100% of the time. Peter focused on his struggle over the bigger picture of what God sees even though he knew he was chosen by Jesus himself to carry on and participate with God to grow the body of Christ. Just two chapters later, in chapter 16, Jesus Jesus explains he will build his church on Peter and his faith. He explains that, and that increases that bigger picture of his plans for Peter. So Peter was never going to die off that boat because Jesus was going to build his church on him. Maybe yeah, Peter didn't know that at the time, but he was chosen. He, he surely could have known because he was chosen. But we forget because we're in this current struggle. We're in this current situation. And then even after Jesus says he'll build his church upon Peter in his faith, Peter ends up denying Christ three times later on. Thus, forgetting God's plans for him because he was worrying about the current situation. Jesus said he had all these promises. He said, I will be crucified or I will die and then I'll come back. And they didn't believe him then too. A lot of these things come back to the trust in God. It, It all comes back to the trust in God. We all have struggles every single day. Storms roll in and we can only see what's right in front of us. We see disasters or snow, which translate to fear and worry. But if we continue to focus on God in that moment, we can never fail. We can never drown. We can never crash and burn. Again, I don't you shouldn't drive crazy if it's starting to snow, like don't go 100 miles an hour in the pitch black with heavy snowflakes, knowing a moose can jump out at any minute. Don't do that. That's not for God. You're just doing that out of self if you want to do that. You're just either doing it out of fear or you're doing it out of, for self to just get to your destination quicker or just because you want to. That's not for God. God wants you to take care of yourself. But he's like, I'm going to have you go to your destination regardless. If you choose to participate with me, if you choose to have faith in me, if you choose to trust that I will let you participate with me, I will get you to the destination where you were supposed to be for my glory, for my will to be done. And this is the hope. As long as we continue to work and live for Christ every day, the struggles will still come. But no matter how hard these things on earth are, we have eternal life in Christ. The apostles and disciples ran into tons of hardships following Christ. Tons. They even went put to death. They were put to death. A lot of them. They were martyred. People wanted them dead. They hated them. But they still pursued Christ even though... They were being jailed all the way to death. The struggles we face today can feel like we're dying. Maybe we are. And it could put us in this period of darkness, but we can never die in Christ. Never forget that. You have eternal life. If you, will, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have eternal life. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts. The view we should live by is, is the one-inch view. Instead of 10 feet. I know it sounds kind of weird that I'm being contradictory in a way, but I'm not. Right in front of our faces every single day is the fact that Christ died for us to give us eternal life. That is the view that we should live. We should always focus on God. We should always meditate and live in that gospel. That is the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross for all of us. And then he resurrected, conquering death. And that every single person in history can actually have eternal life. That's the gospel. You will, or maybe are, facing hardships. You will face hardships if you're not. Bad things will happen to you. Things that you, first, you see as bad. But God sees the whole picture. And he's like, yeah, that's a struggle, but that's just to make you stronger in your trust for me. And he's allowing it to happen. He won't put you through those trials. He'll allow it to happen. Just like with Pharaoh, as we mentioned in a couple episodes ago, about in Exodus, where Pharaoh's heart just kept hardening. God didn't do the hardening of his heart. He allowed his heart to harden. He allowed Pharaoh's pride to get in front of him. Pharaoh could have participated with God and helped the Israelites and and moved his whole country, his whole nation, kingdom, whatever you call it, of Egypt to follow the same God. But he chose not to. Same here. We may put ourselves through struggles or struggles may just happen. They do. And they're allowed to happen to, to strengthen our faith. So I want you to meditate on Matthew chapter 14. This is a great chapter to read because it tells of all the miracles that the disciples and apostles saw, as well as hearing what Jesus taught, but they still faced hardships. They still had fear. They saw doubt and worry. They saw Jesus face to face. That one inch or the 10-foot view in front of them was Jesus. And they still had fear, doubt, worry, and uncertainty. And that's crazy if you think about it because all of us now would be like oh if Jesus were in front of me if he showed up in front of me oh, I would be I would hug him and I would love him and then I would do everything for him I would bow down and I would I would you know go to death for him would we really would we I don't know some of them did most of them did those, those apostles all did except for Judas right but Judas saw Jesus in front of him he ate with Jesus. He had his feet washed by Jesus and he still took the route of money. So again, your hardships will come, but your perspective can change. If you change your perspective on today, if you change your perspective on that struggle to show show it to be something beautiful, something that's going to strengthen your faith in God and something that's going to strengthen you for going forward in this lifetime, that's how we should look at it. And we should know that we have this hope of eternal life without that, those struggles later on. They will not exist in heaven. So that is the hope. Now I have a couple questions for you. To dig deeper, here's question number one. What kind of hardships are you facing today? Are these hardships due to following Christ? That's a biggie. Question two. If you follow and trust in God more deeply during this hardship, how does that change your perspective on the struggles? And question three, how can transitioning your view to how God sees his bigger picture help you face today's and future struggles? Thank you all for joining in once again. We ask that you continue to spread the word of Jesus Christ and spread that gospel around to everybody that you know and continue to spread the word of Holy Spirit. Soapbox, selfishly, of course, and we, we hope this, these are blessing you. Seriously, we really hope these are blessing you. So if you're going through a hardship or struggle today, let us know and we'll pray for you. But just remember that it's this is not the end-all be-all. Struggles are not eternal. Worry, fear, anxiety is not eternal. They're not eternal at all. But Jesus is. We have to change our perspective and keep our eyes on God. Now, I would love to pray and close this out here If you can take a prayer posture, let's do that. If it's safe to do so, if not, no worries. I'm going to pray over everybody anyway and close this out. So let's talk to our Father in heaven. Our Father, we know that you have everything in the palm of your hand. We shall not worry. We shall not fear. As long as we continue to focus on you, anything and everything is possible to let your will be done here on earth. And this is what we strive for your will to be done. And we ask that you give us the courage and the trust in you and the faith in you so that we can participate with you and your will. We ask for the Spirit to work in all of us and we pray that the worldly struggles and temptations of fear, anxiety, and stress don't affect how we live day to day. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.